Good morning. James 4, 6. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. 2 Peter 3, 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Amen. Thank you. Okay, the signs are all around us. We feel them, see them. Temperatures are dropping. Leaves are starting to change and the days are getting shorter. And we are now officially entering into the holiday season. All right, the holiday season. I love the holidays, but uh, I mean, it come around so quickly, right? I mean, it just was January. Yesterday was just January, but I love the holidays. I love the holiday season. I like being around family and friends. I like the special foods that is prepared on all the holidays. And we've come up with a lot of phrases that indicate that we are in the holiday season, like Happy Thanksgiving, Give Thanks, Merry Christmas, and uh, all sorts of other ones, Merry Greetings or whatever it is, all right? We got gobs of them, all right? We got gobs of phrases to celebrate it. But here's what happens with the holidays. The holidays come to an end. And I don't know about you, the happies and the merries seem to go and they, they hit the road rather quickly. Sometimes we don't even make it to the end of the holidays. And our good friend Ben Franklin left us this saying, Guest, and I would probably include sometimes family, are like fish. They begin to smell after three days. And by the end of the holidays, some of you might be feeling like your house is reeking. All right? But I mean, and we, we, we want to get back to normal, and, and we want peace and quiet, and we want to sit in our easy chairs, and we want, once again, the control over our controller. That's so important, right? And then we have all this talk. We have this talk about, hey, listen, we got to go on a diet now, and we got to start exercising, and there's New Year's resolutions. And it's not that we don't enjoy the holidays, right? I mean, we, we like the holidays. And again, I'm, I'm looking forward to the holidays. But it goes back to this phrase that's said a lot. And that is, too much of a good thing is not good. Now, I want to let you know that um, it doesn't just restrict itself to the holidays. There are other things. There are other things. It's too much of a good thing. Now, I know that I'm going to receive criticism for this. But I want to let you know, too much of chocolate, I know some of you are going, boo, no, that's not, too much chocolate is not a good thing. And what we found out during COVID is too much time off is not a good thing. And if you could do this, I don't want to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to let you know, there is one thing that I found out. That this phrase, too much of a good thing, there is one exception to too much of a good thing. And let me tell you what that is. 
The exception is grace. There is no such thing as too much grace, right? Amen to that? Amen. There's just, there's just, there's just no, no such thing as too much grace. And, and as we continue on with our Power of Grace series, I want to talk to you about the idea of this concept of continued grace. Continued grace. So I want to start out today, and I want to start out today by talking about defining uh, continued grace. Now, a lot of times when we think about grace, we think of this very punctiliar moment. It's this very specific moment in time, and, and we know what that moment in time is, correct? I mean, it's the day in which that we confess the name of Jesus, and by faith we were baptized into Jesus Christ, and we received the forgiveness of our sins, and we received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and at that moment in time, we experience the grace of God. It's very punctiliar. It's a very moment in time thing. But I want to let you know that grace continues, and it moves beyond even our, the arena of salvation. Grace moves beyond that arena of salvation, and it actually works within all aspects of our lives. And so I want to share with you a few scriptures that bring that out to bear. Acts chapter 13 and verse 43, where we have Paul and uh, Barnabas are on their first missionary journey. And in this passage of scripture, it says, continue. And the action of that verb there is this one of this continuous or repeated action. Continue on in the grace of God. Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, Paul is giving his final farewell to the Ephesian elders. And here's what he says to them. I commit to you the word of grace, which if you continue in that, this continuous action, this repeated action, it will continue to build you up. The Hebrew writers in Hebrew chapter uh, 4 verse 16, here's what the Hebrew writer says, that we may approach, and that approach there is this continuous action. We are to continually approach the throne, and here's what we find at the throne. We will receive mercy and grace, especially in our time of need. Is there a point access to grace? Absolutely. But grace is so wonderful and grace is so powerful. It continues on. There is this continuation in our life. As Christians, we are secure. Knowing that the powerful grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ has saved us by His grace. And we want this grace to continue to flow into our lives. And in order for that to happen, what we want to do is this. We want to have this holy cooperation. We want this cooperation between God and our lives and our attitudes. And so what I want to share with you a little bit is, how do I ensure, how do I ensure this continued grace in my life? And I think it has to deal with a specific attitude, but I think it also has the idea of action also. The attitude is this. The attitude is humility. To ensure this continued flow of grace in our lives, for grace to continue, 
it is this, it is we must grab hold of humility. Appreciate you, brother, you reading the scripture. James 4, 6, God gives more grace. How does he give more grace? And what the writer James will do is he'll grab Proverbs, the Proverbs chapter 3, and he'll grab Proverbs 3 and he'll pull it over here. And he says this, here's how you get more grace. You humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And I want to I want to physically illustrate grace. Now I didn't do this in first service because I'm only guaranteed one get up time, all right? And Monty may have to come help me up here in just a minute, but let me just tell you what grace is physically. If we were to physically humble ourselves, it would look like this. It is a spirit of lowliness. Literally, grace is this. Not rising far from the ground. This is grace. Not rising far from the ground. It was exemplified in Jesus' life and it was practiced in the New Testament church. And the one, one promise, the beautiful promise for us is this. And I don't want us to, to lose sight of this. It, it's, it is the humility, but I want us to focus in on this, this powerful phrase here. It goes something like this. God gives and it's this action and this work in our lives that goes something like this. The more I humble myself in the sight of the Lord, the more grace He continues to do what? Gives. And the more humility that I grab hold on and I live with, the more I lower myself and not rise far from the ground. When I do that in my heart, my spirit, my soul... Here's what God does. He continually gives grace. You want grace to continue in your life? Grab and hold on to humility. The second thing is I think it goes to an action. It's an action that ensures this continue. And it's growing. It's growing. And as we read in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18... Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes perfect sense. If grace is found in Jesus, the closer I get to Jesus, the more grace I'm going to experience in my life. And it changes the way I do things then. Especially as it pertains to my relationship with Jesus. It's always want to, I always want to grow. I always want to keep growing. But watch this. Follow me here. When I read my Bible, yes, I'm reading to hear from God and I'm reading to experience a greater closeness, but it is so much more. When I read my Bible, grace continues to flow. And I fill my life up with this grace. And when I pray, I'm not just praying so I could communicate or I'm not just praying so that I could ask for things. I'm praying so that grace will continue to flow and fill up my life. And when I meditate on God's Word 
and I'm mulling it over in my life and applying it to my life, it's more than just an exercise that I do. It's allowing grace to continue in my life. And when we're meeting here today, listen, we are not just going to church. We're not going to church. Here's what we're doing. When we meet together, grace is flowing in our lives. As we interact with each other, and I love what David did with communion, as we interact with each other, as we take and we share supper together with the Lord, grace continues to flow, and it's all part of it. And doesn't it see how it, it sort of reconfigures what spiritually growing means? It's all the spiritual disciplines that I want us to concentrate on the disciplines. But what's really important here is this. When I practice the spiritual disciplines, I grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and grace continues. It flows and it fills up my life. And when that happens, when I humbly walk before the Lord and I grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ, this grace begins to flow and move through my life into all unbelievable areas. And here's what I've done. I've looked up all the, all the words in grace. And I just want to give you three examples of the evidence of a continued grace flow in my life and in our lives. The first one is this. The evidence of continual grace is continued grace permeates all my conversations. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6 was read. It says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer. Now, I looked this up, and I want to tell you the, what, this, what they said that this means. And I, I'm not real sure. It, didn't, it helped me out a little. When it says that our conversation, our speech, is to be full of grace... It means this, that our speech is to be charming, and it should be full of sweetness. And I went, what? Charming and full of sweetness. And I thought about that for a little bit, and then I saw it, and I was like, okay, that helps me a little bit. But then all of a sudden, if you look at the context of Colossians chapter 4, that's really where it came alive for me. When it talks about having conversation full of grace, it looks something like this. If you look at the context of that, it's dealing with how outsiders view you as a, Christ, as a Christian, especially pertaining to how you talk. And what Paul is trying to get across here, I believe, is this. Is that grace should continue to flow in so much, through you so much, that a non-Christian, an outsider as the text calls them, should know that we are Christians by the way we talk. By the way we talk, people should be able to identify us as Christian. And that is what happens, is as grace continues to flow and grace continues to grow in my life, it permeates all part of me. And then what happens is this. My speech says this. You could recognize me as a Christian by my talk and conversation. 
area number two. The evidence of continued grace empowers my service to the Lord. And Monty discussed this earlier in our grace series, and I won't spend a lot of time here, but there is this unbelievable connection between grace and spiritual gifts and missions. Paul, his outreach to the Gentiles, he viewed this as grace. My grace to the Gentiles. And as he talked about spiritual gifts, he said this, my spiritual gifts and the exercising of my spiritual gifts is grace. Grace continuing. And so I want to make it very, very practical for us. It's just a bag. It has some really cool stuff. And we want you to know that we have coded the Bible to your snack. So if you eat the snack, we will know. (laughs) But you know, it's more than a sack. It's continued grace. And when I take this sack and I invite somebody on the 7th, Whether they come or not, grace continues. And that's the power of this. It's the power of grace. So let's take these bags and let's let grace flow. Another way it's really practical for us, giving Javier a little shout out here. Where is Javier? There he is back there, all right? Javier, you do such a great job at Trunk and Treat, man. No one dresses better than you do, all right? But you know, this coming Friday, when we hope to have over 3,000 people on our campus, and I got to let you know, we have a few more spots for cars, but we need gobs of candy. We need, we need uh, Costco candy and Sam candy in, on steroids, all right? I mean, we need a lot of candy. But I want to let you know, it is not about a trunk, and it's not about candy. You know what it is? That when we, people come and they see us and they talk to us, and we put just a couple of pieces of candy in those kids' bags or whatever they have, here's what it is. Grace continues. Grace continues. And when we do ministry at this church... When we do ministry at this church, we are so much more than volunteers. We are allowing grace to continue. The third area, real quickly here, is this. The evidence of continued grace helps me fight against sin. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, you have the three tenses of grace. There's past, present, and future in grace. The three tenses of grace, you find them in Titus chapter 2, 11. And the present, the present work of grace, the continued, the continued flow, the continued work of grace is this. It allows me to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion. And when I do that, and when we do that, and when we say no, I'm just not going to sin today. When we do that, here's what's going on. 
Yes, it's resisting temptation, and yes, it's resisting Satan, and yes, it's, it's defeating, you know, the spiritual darkness, but here's what it really is, too. It's grace continuing. It's grace continuing, and when I position my life farther and farther away from the world and more and closer and closer to the Lord, here's what's going on. Yes, I'm doing a really good thing for my life, but more importantly, here's what's happening. Grace is continuing. Now the question is, to what end? To what end? And I want to let you know the goal of grace is this one word, fullness. Let's say it together. Fullness. One more time. Fullness. We don't know a lot about this guy. He literally is a blip in the Bible. Just a tiny blip in the Bible. But he's a powerful influence for us. His name is Stephen. And we hear about Stephen in Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7. And what we find out about Stephen is this. It's very, very impressive. Only, only that, he, you know, it was a short amount of time. His life was cut short because he was uh, martyred for Jesus Christ. He fulfilled a very vital role in a ministry of the early church. But here's the phrase that I like. Acts chapter 6 and verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of grace. And I wanted to know what that meant. Because it challenged me so much. Full of grace. And I wanted to know, I was just curious. Because again, it just challenged me so much. And here's what I found out. Full of grace means this. Grace thoroughly permeated his life. Grace thoroughly permeated his life. It literally, grace overflowed the life of Stephen. And here's what it means for us. We want to be people full of grace. And it means that grace needs to permeate every area of our lives. When it comes to our thoughts, when it comes to our attitudes, when it comes to our emotions, we want grace to permeate those things. And our actions and our words, we want grace to permeate those things. And when we talk about relationships, we want grace to permeate all of our relationships. And that's the goal of grace. The goal of grace is fullness. Today, we want everybody here to have a continual flow of grace in your life. But if you're not a Christian, you've got you to have that punctiliar moment in your life where you go, listen... I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and I am willing to make Him the Lord and Master of my life. And I confess that. And I'm going to be baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And at that punctiliar moment, grace begins to flow in your life. But if you're struggling with an attitude or actions that are keeping you from the flow of grace, here's what we want you to know. 
We're a family that's here to help and not condemn. We're a family that's here to help and not condemn. And if we could help you in any way, come as we stand and as we sing.